Welcome to the Super Sleuth Podcast, presented by the Frostburg State University Children's Literature Center. Get ready to time travel with your hosts, Bill and Cameron, and use your detective skills to identify our mystery famous person. We'll give you 10 clues about our famous person, plus we'll give you the meanings of three vocabulary words related to our famous person. Using the 10 clues and three vocabulary words, can you identify our mystery famous person? Be sure to listen all the way through our podcast because Bill and Cameron will also have a special segment involving superheroes and will tell you all about an awesome new book. If you like our podcast, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud. Are you ready to have fun? Let's start the Super Sleuth Podcast. Cameron, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Oh, we're starting another one, are we? Yes, we are. Okay, let's talk about the one we finished with the last time. And that person was? Jim Hansen. Our mystery person was Jim Hansen. That's very good. Do you want to do the vocabulary next? Yes. So the first vocabulary word is a noun, and it means a game played on a lawn in which colored wooden balls are driven through a series of wickets using a mallet. And that word is croquet. The second vocabulary word we were looking for was Muppet, which is also a noun. And it was coined by our mystery guest as a word meaning a cross between a marionette and a puppet. And the last vocabulary word, it is an adjective and it means producing a great deal of profit and that word is lucrative. Very good. And who was our mystery person the last session? Our mystery superhero last time was none other than Sue Storm. So if you guess Sue Storm, you are correct. Very good. Okay, let's start with our clues for this particular session, which is, we, I think I forgot to mention this, we're season five, episode five. So I will begin with the clues. Clue number one. I was born on the eastern shore of Maryland in 1818, owned by a man we called Captain Anthony or Old Master. He owned three farms and enslaved about 30 people, but he also managed the Lloyd family plantation called the Y, which owned 13 farms and enslaved more than 500 people. Clue number one, I was born on the eastern shore of Maryland in 1818, owned by a man we called Captain Anthony or Old Master. He owned three farms and enslaved about 30 people, but he also managed the Lloyd family plantation called the Y Plantation, and it consisted of 13 farms and enslaved more than 500 people. Clue number two. I only saw my mother four or five times in my life because she was forced to work long hours in the fields. I lived with my grandparents, Isaac and Betsy Bailey. One day, she brought me to work at the Y Plantation House and introduced me to my brother and two sisters whom I had never met. While playing with them, she quietly slipped away and I never saw her again. Clue number two, 
I only saw my mother four or five times in my life because she was forced to work long hours in the fields. I lived with my grandparents Isaac and Betsy Bailey. One day she brought me to work at the Y Plantation House and introduced me to my brother and two sisters whom I had never met. While playing with them, she quietly slipped away and I never saw her again. Clue number three. Because I was too young to work in the fields, I ran errands and looked after the cows and chickens and kept the front yard clean. I slept on the dirt floor of the kitchen closet without a bed or blanket. I had no shoes, no stockings, no jacket, no trousers, nothing on but a coarse, scratchy linen shirt reached, reached only to my knees. On the coldest night, I'd climb inside a corn sack to keep warm. Clue number three, because I was too young to work in the fields, I ran errands and looked after the cows and chickens and kept the front yard clean. I slept on the fr dirt floor of the kitchen closet without a bed or a blanket. I had no shoes, no stockings, no jacket, no trousers, nothing on but a coarse, scratchy linen shirt, which reached only to my knees. On the coldest night, I'd climb inside a corn sack to keep warm. Clue number four. At the age of eight, I was sent to live with Sophia and Thomas Old in Baltimore, Maryland. Before leaving, I scrubbed myself clean in the creek and received my first pair of trousers. Clue number four. At the age of eight, I was sent to live with Sophia and Thomas Old in Baltimore, Maryland. Before leaving, I scrubbed myself clean in the creek and received my first pair of trousers. Clue number five. Baltimore was overwhelming with more than 60,000 residents. It had tall buildings with crowded, busy streets that headed up and to and from the harbor. The blistering sun and the hard brick pavements blistered my bare feet. Clue number five. Baltimore was overwhelming with more than 60,000 residents. It had tall buildings with crowded, busy streets that headed up to and from the harbor. The blistering sun on the hard brick pavements blistered my bare feet. Clue number six. Sophia Ald was kind to me, so I asked her to teach me to read. I quickly learned the alphabet and could spell short words. Proud of my progress, she told her husband who forbade it because it was against the law. Clue number six. Sophia Old was kind to me, so I asked her to teach me to read. I quickly learned the alphabet and could spell short words. Proud of my progress, she told her husband who forbade it because it was against the law. Clue number seven. Now I knew that knowledge was power, and my pathway from slavery to freedom was through knowledge. I bought my first book at age 12 for 50 cents. So while running errands, I carried the book, traded a slice of bread for a lesson from a hungry white kid on the street, and practiced writing on fences and posters with chalk. Clue number seven. Now I knew that knowledge was power, and my pathway from slavery to freedom was through knowledge. 
I bought my first book at age 12 for 50 cents. So while running errands, I carried the book, traded a slice of bread for a lesson from a hungry white kid on the street, and practiced writing on fences and posters with chalk. Clue number eight. Captain Anthony died when I was 15, and I was sent back to Maryland to work for Thomas Old, a stingy master. To make me more obedient, I was hired out to a brutal slave breaker, Edward Covey. He worked us in the fields in all weather, sometimes until midnight. One blazing August day, I collapsed from the heat and work. Covey kicked me and beat me unmercifully. Later, he tried unsuccessfully to rope me while I was grooming a horse. We fought for two hours before he gave up, and he never laid a hand on me again. Clue number eight. Captain Anthony died when I was 15, and I was sent back to Maryland to work for Thomas Old, a stingy master. To make me more obedient, I was hired out to a brutal slave baker, breaker, Edward Covey. He worked us in the fields in all weather, sometimes until midnight. One blazing August day, I collapsed from the heat and work. Covey kicked me and beat me unmercifully. Later, he tried unsuccessfully to rope me while I was grooming a horse. We fought for two hours before we gave up, and he never laid a hand on me again. Clue number nine. After a year with Covey, I, sent, I was sent to work at the farm of William Freeland, who worked his people hard, but then whipped them and provided good food and tools. I made some of my best friends at Mr. Friedland's. Before long, I was spending my Sundays and three nights a week teaching other slaves to read in secret, though they risked 40 lashes on their bare backs for doing this. My school grew to include more than 40 eager students. Clue number nine. After a year with Covey, I was sent to work at the farm of William Friedland, who worked his people hard but didn't whip them and provided good tools and enough food to eat. I made some of my best friends at Mr. Friedland's. Before long, I was spending my Sundays <clears throat> and three nights a week teaching other slaves to read in secret, though they risked 40 lashes on their backs for doing this. My school grew to include more than 40 eager students. Clue number 10. By the time I was 18, I decided to escape on Easter, but didn't want to leave my friends behind. I wrote out fake passes for myself and my four friends, giving us permission to visit Baltimore. Easter Sunday arrived, and I had a strange feeling that someone had given us away. Suddenly, four white men arrived on horseback and dragged us 15 miles to jail. Clue number 10. By the time I was 18, I decided to escape on Easter, but didn't want to leave my friends behind. I wrote out fake passes for myself and my four friends, giving us permission to visit Baltimore. Easter Sunday arrived, and I had a strange feeling that someone had given us away. Suddenly, four white men arrived on horseback and dragged us 15 miles to jail. Clue number 11. After being released from jail, Thomas Alt sent me back to Baltimore to work for his brother, Hugh, who hired me out to one of the many shipyards in Baltimore, 
allowing me to keep a small amount of money each week. Clue number 11. After being released from jail, Thomas Alt sent me back to Baltimore to work for his brother, Yu, who hired me out to work in one of the many shipyards in Baltimore, allowing me to keep a small amount of money each week. Clue number 12. Finally, at the age of 20, I escaped to Massachusetts dressed as a sailor, changed my name, and married Anna Murray who helped me get free. Three years later, I spoke at the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Convention. In 1845, I published a narrative of my life, but had to flee to England for safety. There, my friends bought my freedom so I could return home. Clue number 12. Finally, at the age of 20, I escaped to Massachusetts dressed as a sailor changed my name, and married Anna Murray, who helped me get free. Three years later, I spoke at the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Convention. In 1845, I published a narrative of my life, but had to flee to England for safety. There, my friends bought my freedom so I could return home. Clue number 13. Later in life, I started a newspaper spoke at a woman's rights convention, published a second autobiography, campaigned for Abraham Lincoln, recruited black soldiers for the Union, and campaigned for presidential candidate Ulysses S. Grant. Who am I? Later in life, I started a newspaper, spoke at a woman's rights convention, published a second autobiography, campaigned for Abraham Lincoln, recruited black soldiers for the Union, and campaigned for presidential candidate Ulysses S. Grant. Who am I? The first vocabulary word is a verb, and it means make someone a slave. The first vocabulary word is a verb, and it means make someone a slave. The second vocabulary word, and remember now, all our vocabulary words are in the clues. We're looking for an adjective, and the definition of is unwilling to give or spend. The second vocabulary word we're working for, looking for is an adjective, meaning unwilling to give or spend. The last vocabulary word, and it's actually one of my favorite words, uh, it is a noun, and it means an account of a person's life written by the person. The last vocabulary word is a noun, and it means an account of a person's life written by the person. And we are ready for a superhero. Okay, Cameron, I think you're going to be really on top of your game this, this oh, time. Oh, yes, I am. Now, our superhero, he is on Sesame Street. He's blue, and he has a well, on he has a cape, and on his cape it says SG. So once again, our superhero's on Sesame Street. He's blue, and he has the words, the letters SG, on his cape. Okay, Cam, would you like to talk to us for a couple minutes about how people can get in touch with us? Yes. So if you would like to get in touch with us, there are several ways to do so. The first way 
is you can get in contact with us via email. So you can send us an email at frostbergclc at gmail.com. The second way you can get in contact with us is you can go to www.frostberg.edu slash clc. And when you go to that page on the left-hand side, there's a tab that says CLC Podcast. And if you click on that, that will also give you um, additional ways to get in contact with us. And then whatever um, you're using to listen to our podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, um, anywhere where you get podcasts, um, you can send us a message on that as well. Um, We would love to hear from you. Um, And if this is your first time listening, we have a promotion where if you get in contact with us with the correct answer of our mystery person, you will get a copy of the book that we use for the clues. Yes, if you're the first person. So you have to be the first person. So the first person that I hear from or that Dr. B hears from, you will get a copy of the book. And if you win, we will reach out to you with information for how you can get your book. Speaking of which, I don't think we gave the reference for the last person. I don't think we, we mentioned the book. Mm-hmm. So the book we that we took the clues for, for Jim Henson, was called, titled, Who Was Jim Henson by Joan Hulab, and illustrated by Nancy Harrison. So now everybody understands where those clues come from. We just don't make them up, Cam. No, we do not. We're not quite good. I'm not quite good enough to do that. Maybe never will be. Speaking of clues, we probably should have a clue for our next episode. So, Cam, I've been thinking about this. What's your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert is a candy bar. Candy bar. That's a good clue. We want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you the next time. It's been fun, Super Sleuths. Now make sure to submit your answers to who you believe is our mystery famous person and the three vocabulary words. Also, be sure to look for future episodes of the Super Sleuth podcast on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our SoundCloud page. Please join Bill and Cameron again for more time traveling. And in the meantime, great job, Super Sleuths. Super Sleuths.